Okay, everybody. I don't know how, but somehow we all got ourselves into the studio at the last minute. We are in high production right now <clears throat> for everything imaginable. You all know how much is going on in the city. And I know a lot of you kind of, you know, you're basically saying you don't really. Hey, Lee, you want to pull that music down? <laughs> you don't really want to. Uh, be a part of all this, everybody is kind of saying, oops, we've had it, we're finished with this, we don't want any more of this. But you know what, guys, the truth is, it's still here. We are getting a lot of national attention. And even though with the uh, presidents in town, they're going to get all the attention, <laughs> as opposed to us. But, um, you know, it'll get the media here, so I guess that's a good thing. At any rate, we did our planning Everybody who's in this studio with me this morning, which includes Morgan Malthrop, who's got a show called Flag that you are going to love that's happening Saturday morning. Monique Moss, who was on her way to pick up her costume materials for the show tonight, and I diverted her over here. I said, come on, Monique, we got to talk about the opera, the Ninth Ward Improv Opera happening tonight at the St. Maurice Church and tomorrow night at the Sanchez Center on Caffin Avenue, um, both in the Ninth Ward. And um, my favorite um, sister, she's my sister. Sister we're, from another mister, we're, we're, we're sisters. Uh, <laughs> uh, fighting for whatever the cause is that we believe in. Uh. And um, <clears throat> right now she has put on this fabulous... Um, uh, filled the music uh, and and uh, Lower Ninth Ward Resilience Festival. Um, so that's that's what I mean. You know, it, it can't get much better than these things, guys. I'm telling you, really. So it, you might be in a bad mood because you've been seeing all that coverage again on television about what happened, and you're reliving your own personal horrors that happened. And uh, we're not one of these people who's saying, "Hey, everything's cool. We're moving ahead." Although I'm glad people are putting that message out too, because that's also true. So let's not let's not take them on. Let's just say, okay, fine. Tell everybody things are moving ahead and they're good, because we need to say that too. However, there's also still a lot of struggle. There's also still a lot of people um, trying to figure out what's going on uh, and and trying to bring themselves back. I heard a I heard a woman quoted yesterday saying she had a hundred families, literally in her hands that she wanted to get home, and she still hasn't been able to get home. So we're going to talk about, you know, the getting home part, too. So, frankly, I'm not sure where to start. I think I'm going to start with Kim, because Kim is here on double duty. She she can speak to the issues with the Ninth Ward and the coming back, and she can also speak to um, the opera and the uh, Resilience Festival. So... Um, let's let's kind of um, frame this, okay? Let's frame this, and, I, and and probably there's been other people on WBLK in the past few days talking about this, but let's give them some bullet points basically on where we're at in the ninth ward. Because honestly, you know, I keep trying to figure out. I, I see all the wonderful make it right houses, you know, over a hundred of them. Fabulous thing that Brad Pitt did, really. And I and and I was really mad at Doug McCash and the Times Picayune, who said by some kind of Hollywood magic he came here. That's not what happened. Global Green 
which started up as a nonprofit trying to help New Orleans people figure out how to rebuild green, invited him to New Orleans to be the judge for the housing that was built on the other side of of St. Claude in the Holy Cross neighborhood, the complex right there by the river where the, the, the ground is high. And then Brad really wanted to do more, and so he formed his own thing, and he did Make It Right, which is glorious and is doing wonderful things. But I just want to set the record straight that I'm all about starter-uppers, the people who start things, because that's something I do, and that, and, and that was what happened in that case. So I just wanted to set the record straight. So, Kim, give me a picture. Draw me a picture of the Ninth Ward today. And your and your biggest concerns, okay? Wow, Jean, what an intro! Um, I I tell you, you know, some things we. One thing is for certain, everybody is entitled to their own opinion, and I um, and my resilience may not necessarily be your resilience or Brad Pitt's or anybody else's. And nobody has the authority to say what's good for everyone when so many people clearly have been left out of the loop as far as recovery and uh, resilience is concerned. And why do we have to keep being knocked down so that we're forced to be resilient from the get-go? That's an issue. You know what I'm saying? And so nobody, you know, we don't need to make it and skirt it and make it look like it's something all beautiful and new when we still have so many issues that we are dealing with to become whole again. You know, and, and so anyway, I digress. Let's talk about the Lower Nine Resilience Festival. Oh, 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 no, 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 wait. I, I, you're not digressing. Here's what I want you to do. Give about. me a bullet list of some of the reasons why people are not back. We were talking about this earlier this morning. People didn't have titles on their property because one family passed it to another family member and their paperwork didn't get done. That became a big obstacle. Um, The road home money that was offered (coughs) was less than people needed to rebuild a house. On, On and on. Give me some of those, anybody... Some of those reasons that you those heard from folks as to why they couldn't come of why back. Why people couldn't come back. Mm-hmm. It was a plethora of quote unquote excuses for why people were not able to get any sort of understanding or cooperation even to come back. It was a it was almost as if something was in place to say this is going to be a brick wall and whatever anybody says, you're going to say the person on the other end of the phone would have the response that it can't happen. So it was just, it was just so many things throughout the years that I have found personally that have been hindrances to people being able to recover, especially people who weren't accustomed to having to wait in line for assistance. That was a new thing they had to learn. People who had experience with uh, getting government assistance before Katrina fared better than those who didn't, who needed it after the hurricane. You know. Um, I, you know, I don't, 
This I, is Ro Brown, I, who has been working with Kim on this project. Go ahead. Ro Brown is our spokesperson. <laughs> and, and, and my former cohort at WDSU. 100 years ago. 130 <laughs> some years ago. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I can't add anything really, uh, I don't know, brainy to it, but as somebody that grew up in the Lower Ninth Ward, you know, 50 years ago, September 9th will be Betsy. Yeah. Okay. Today? 50 years ago, September 9th. This September 9th will be 50 yeah. years of Betsy. Wow. Okay. Uh, Betsy and Katrina were 10 years apart, almost to the day. Now, a lot of people don't sell, don't, won't celebrate that one because quite frankly, More what than happened? 10 years. More than 10 years. What was it? What? Betsy. Betsy, Betsy was 65. Yeah, so that would be. And excuse me. There was 40 years, not 10, 40 you. years. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, people won't celebrate that because Betsy pretty much happened to the Lower Ninth Ward in St. Bernard. You know, I mean, this is, Katrina was vast. Katrina was 80% or whatever of the city that there was water. There were people who in downtown who didn't even know the Lower Ninth Ward was flooded in 1965, who were downtown and didn't know. And But my point is that what I was going to say is about people coming back it was a different time, I guess, but by October, we were back in our houses. By October? October. Hmm. Yes, we were back in our houses. Well, but that's because you and basically didn't have the, the flood, right? No. You had we flooding had, as bad as this? In the attic. We what? were in the attic. <laughs> See? I'm telling you, people don't know. <laughs> so how, so how, on earth, how on earth did people get back so fast? I don't understand. Uh, I'll let you figure that out. Okay, but all I know is that, you know, people went to Stalling Center Playground, stood in line, and got their checks from the government. And by Christmas, everybody in the Lower Ninth Ward had booming stereos <laughs> and furniture and everything. My point is, we were back in our houses in September. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was. That's how it was in the Lower Ninth Ward. And, I mean, October, excuse but me. But no, wait, seriously, bro. No, really. The we whole, were... wait, the whole city of New Orleans, literally. I, I mean, I'm on Esplanade. That's one of the highest points in mm -hmm. the city. We had floodwaters on Esplanade. Mm -hmm. it, it washed out faster than it did in some of the bowl locations, but it was all over the city. You didn't have that in Betsy, did you? No, I didn't know. That's what I said. It, Betsy was, I mean, Katrina was more vast. Okay. The lower ninth, I'm saying the lower ninth ward. But in the lower ninth, Oh, yeah, and, and St. Bernard, they had that. I mean, it had that kind of flooding. And uh, granted, maybe it's because it wasn't as large an area. But my point is that people were back in their houses in October. I was back at Lawless Junior High School. But so wait, so wait, let me just understand this. I'm sorry. So the water didn't sit or simply you were allowed back faster, unlike this situation where they wouldn't let us back? I'm telling or you. Or both. I'm telling you, evidently there were resources where we were back in our houses with furniture and with everything. Okay. That's what I'm telling you. Know, we're Whatever that means. Who's who, the president of the United States at that point was? Lyndon. Who, when when I got in a boat to evacuate with my sisters and my brother, and we got to St. Claude Bridge, and we stood there on the St. Claude Bridge, and we're wondering, well, why are they keeping us here? You know, what's the holdup? And I see all these blue and red lights looking up St. Claude. The Prez was coming down. He was at Washington Elementary School. Well, you the were evacuated. He was there. Brownie he was, was doing a great then, job, huh? That next day, 
Okay, he was there that next day. Okay, and he, that's why he was there. Man, you and, know, and, you and, learn and this, something and, new and, every day. And, and bear in mind, bear in mind, there was no CNN. <laughs> okay, this isn't something that you, you know, wow, that you looked at on television. You know, there was none of that then. No know? press opportunity. But he was there. You know, I've heard the recordings of the phone call. You know, he and Russell Long on the phone. You know, Mr. President, you need to come down. You know, man, what well, a I'll story. Be there, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, he was there that next so day. So interesting. I mean, that's just um, a fact. Two, you know, two, that's, that's 260-9265, 260-9265, <laughs> if you want to join in this conversation. And let's say that on uh, Friday, tomorrow, starting at 530, and on Saturday, starting at 1 o'clock, neighbors will be able to have those conversations with each other. And not just for the Lower Ninth Ward, but for people all across the city. The anniversary of Katrina, this is the first time that people in the community will have the opportunity to commemorate the event. And we're not saying it's going to be perfect for everyone because we're going to celebrate it on all levels. We're going to celebrate our culture. We're going to celebrate our music. And we're going to celebrate ourselves. And we're going to recognize all of those people from all across the country who use their own resources to come and stand by our side and help us to rebuild. We have a forum to do that. Here. And and we're going to do that in the operas, too, that we're doing at your place at Sanchez at 7 o'clock on Friday night. There's going to be community people, we hope, who will participate in the opera. The opera calls for people to talk up from the audience, and also on, on uh, Thursday night at the St. Marie's Church. Um, Alice Kraft Carney, you, you, 50 years ago, is that it? That's correct. Um, <laughs> Let's get the record straight hello. here now. Yeah. Yes, yes ma'am. My name is Alice Kraft Kearney, and I was in the Lower Ninth Ward um, doing Betsy, as well as Katrina. What I will say is that after Betsy, um, President Johnson made sure that we were able to get the resources we needed. Number one, we were able to get grants. Number two, in addition to that, we were able, my parents were able to get a SBA loan. With that loan, they were not only able to rebuild their homes, they were able to put additions onto their homes. So what happened, government worked with people and they were not a hindrance to the people. They, it, it seemed like they wanted to get the services to the people. In addition, um, we were not displaced all over the United States because all of New Orleans was not affected. We were able to go uh, up on the other side of Canal Street, stay with family members, mm-hmm. continue to mm-hmm. work on our mm-hmm. homes, as well as remain gainfully employed mm-hmm. so that we could you know, restore the properties. That was the difference. Mm-hmm. How can you take care of your home when you are... 500 miles away and more, okay? That's the big difference. Then, you know, you, you it seemed like the, the, the money, you know, like I wasn't, like I tell people, I'm not a, a mathematician, but I do know a little bit about geometry. And the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Okay, we got direct funding from the, fed, the federal government. Once the state got involved in everything. It seemed like they tried to divert the money, and I don't care whether it was for restoration of our personal property, whether it was restoration of our schools and other things. 
it was like they diverted the money away from the people who were supposed to get that money. And that has been the main reason why people have not been able to return. The reason why is because the diversion of the money away from the people that it's supposed to help. In case in point, the road home program. So much money went to administrative costs. In most federal programs, they set in place. You can only get a certain percentage for administrative costs. I'm sure that they went way over that amount because of the huge amounts of money that they got off the top and left this bit of money that's left. In addition, the Road to Home program has money that has not been spent. Our governor has said, we're going to take and put that money, which was dedicated to bringing our people back home. He says, we're going to take that money and we're going to put it into um, economic development. That wasn't the reason why that money was sent down here. And I know that Cedric Richmond said, he was going to um, try and get that change, but so far I haven't heard anything different. Alice, you certainly um, know what you're talking about. Let me just ask you a question, and, and Ro wants to come in here, but let me just ask you a quick question. Um, uh, did you apply for road home money, and what were the impediments to you getting it if you did? I got it, but they gave me just a, me- a mealy amount. Right. It was. It wasn't. It was. You know. It wasn't enough to make me whole. If it had not been for volunteers, getting my house started, because it. You know what I would say is that it was. It was everybody. It was a feeding frenzy on us. We were traumatized. It's like you didn't know which way to go. Your insurance company counted on the fact that you were traumatized, so you were not going to what appeal for that amount that they gave you. Because I'm going to tell you, they didn't give us the maximum amount because I had flood insurance, I had homeowner's insurance. I didn't, my house, you know, you look through the roof and you could see the, the sky. That's what I'm saying. So it was like, it was really a total loss. But then the city played games with you when they say, well, if you if you say it's 51% damage, you got to tear it down and build it back up. So you were caught in a catch-22, and it was like everybody played games with you, with your life. Mm. So it, it was a lot of things. And, I mean, it, it was all the way down to the big uh, home improvement stores that were price gouging. When, when folks came down here from other areas, they could not believe how much they were charging us for the materials to rebuild our homes. And nobody, and so nobody stopped that. had a piece in it. Nobody, yeah. And nobody stopped it. Alice, this is Ro. How you doing, darling? Hi. Hey, Ro. How are uh, you? You know, you, you hit on something that, you know, I'll, I was going to come back and say. I'll give an example of how much small business administration affected my life after that. My father was a civil service employee. He worked at the port of embarkation. Uh, they had government cuts, and he got laid off in about 1963 or 64. Betsy came, and SBA said, you got to come to work. And he worked for SBA for the rest of his life. And, you know, at my father's funeral, there were people coming up that I didn't even know who were walking up to me telling you, your father helped me save my house <laughs> after Betsy. Okay. Right. Okay, but, so but you're absolutely you, correct about that SBA thing. That, you, that you had a lot to do to with it also. But, uh, that was my point. That whatever resources the, the government gave us, we were back in our houses you by could just call it quit. Put the nail in the coffin because it's not going to go anywhere. So Betsy 
And, 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 and my mother was um, the secretary for the Betsy flood victims. And even then, people were resisting and protesting and trying to make the government accountable to giving the people the resources they needed to rebuild their lives. Okay, so it was not, you know, the Lower Ninth Ward has a history, a very rich history of um, fighting for justice. And so it, it didn't just start <laughs> with Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. You know, because I could tell people, I remember standing on the corners with my mother collecting signatures, okay? Um, so it, 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 it's those types of things. So it, it's never been easy. Um, we've always had to force the conversation um, about how we can be restored in an equitable way. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things, you know, you, 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 you know that there are these oppositional forces which are there that prevent you from coming back. And I can tell you that one of the biggest reasons why folks did not come back to New Orleans is because of education and health care. That's Those true. were the two big reasons yes. why they couldn't come That's back. A big deal. I, I mean, you know, if you have an elderly parent, if the health care services right. weren't together, I'm not bringing my parent back there. I, I couldn't bring my mama back uh, here. I couldn't bring my couldn't bring my grandmother, my dad back because they had health issues. And then exactly. even still now, you know, they they're still uh, dislocated in other communities. Which my grandmother, and my grandfather have passed on, but it, it's been a very difficult ride. And you know, I. I I felt I feel that um, that that pushback in the Lower Ninth Ward from the ancestors before me, because I, my husband when I when I met him he talked about the perfect childhood growing up in the Lower Ninth Ward and the advocacy. So it's not new to the Lower Ninth to be able to stand up for themselves, but we have been damaged. Katrina has damaged us. And looking over and looking at some parts of the Lower Ninth, the north side of the Lower Ninth Ward on yesterday, it's heartbreaking <laughs> because our children will not know the love of that community because all they are, all they're learning right now is uh abandonment, community abandonment and, and, and no it with no infrastructure. So it's, it's, like it's, to, it's a sad day. Sure so we, we from we the Lord Ninth Ward have to stand up for in. ourselves and, and and move forward. And hopefully we'll be able to have that process rejuvenated this weekend. So thank okay. you, Alice, so much for your um, uh, your your comments. They're very important. I'm actually going to um, try to reach you afterwards. So if you would please hold on the phone for a minute. Lee is going to try to get your number because I want to. I need to get you to the opera tonight. I'll talk to you about that later. All right. Um, so let's get on to um, uh, we could we could spend the whole show as we have so many on on the effects on everybody. I mean, everybody in this room. I, I always say I lived my house got water only in and out and it was okay, but everybody around me lost their homes and that sense of thinking about somebody losing their entire house, that's not like having it happen to you, but that ate away at you too. So even those of us who were not flooded out, we all took the stress. We all took the... Yeah. So what are you doing this weekend to move us on, Kim? Well, this weekend on Friday, we're going to start, kick the festival off in a very 
to traditional New Orleans way with the lower Ninth Ward hunters. Ninth Ward hunters are going to kick the event off, and we're going to have a little bit of uh, a music from the Nord Choir, from the um, also from the uh, Ninth Ward. Um, Express is also going to perform, and then we're going to leave from there and go into the the Ninth Ward Improv Opera, and also a sneak preview of Fear No Gumbo with Kimberly Roberts, a lower Ninth Ward citizen who who did a documentary. She did two. She's doing two documentaries on what has happened, what happened in Katrina, and the and the issues that we faced post Katrina and trying to recover. So that's going to be quite interesting, and both of those are going to take place simultaneously. So we are hoping that people will get get some motivation and some stimulation and, and realize that they're not alone, that we all are facing issues, and we'll have a forum to uh, talk about those things. All right. So that's, that's on Friday and Saturday. When does that start? When does the uh, Ninth Ward Hunter start? They, the, the processional starts at 4.30 at Caffin and St. Claude, and we're going to proceed down to, it starts at 4.30 at Caffin and St. Claude, and then we're going to do a processional down to the Sanchez Center. We're going to acknowledge, you know, Fats Domino, not anything intrusive on this property. Just like we wave when we pass by somebody's house, we're going to wave at Fats' house on the way to kick off the festival. Sure, so if you want to march down there with us, you're welcome to. Come and join the citizens in the lower ninth ward as we do that procession right. down. And then on Saturday at one thirty, one o'clock, we're going to kick off. Gene, this lower ninth ward resilience festival is a. It's as I told Kim when she came to me about it, and I'm really mad at Kim for the rest of my life and her life because I told <laughs> her I was going to ignore the tenth anniversary of Katrina, and she hooked me into you know being involved with this. But anyway. Uh, Tell me about it. It's a, no, it, it's, it's, it's a number of festivals in the one, you know, you know what I mean? It's an arts festival. It's a music festival. Uh, it's a food festival, you yeah. know, and don't forget about, you know, Cafe Dauphine, you yeah. know, I mean, that sort of stuff. It's, it's a little bit Cafe of everything. Cafe Dauphine with their fabulous New Orleans food. Oh, yeah. that place is good. Kicks. Oh, it, kicks. Oh, oh, it is great. It is great. So it's a lot of festivals wrapped into one, and that's what I think is really good about it. And I'm one of those perfect childhood people. I didn't realize until I grew up that I had a perfect childhood in the Lower Ninth Ward. Mm-hmm. I, I realize, you know. Well, where did you live? What streets? Roman between St. Maurice and Tupelo, okay. which was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking because, yeah. you know, well, the, it the ain't hit, there no more. The hits right. just keep coming, and it was also heartbreaking because that's where the pizza delivery man got killed. Oh, <laughs> wow. You know, and you know, there's nothing there but one house, and but you look on the news and you see, or you, you know, in my case, look on the internet, and you see 6100 block of North Roman, and you think that wouldn't have ever happened before. When we were all there. But, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, that, that's where I grew up. So I just have to ask one last question, uh, uh, and I hate to go back to this, but I can't resist. that. So that whole area and so much of the Ninth Ward is just literally still nothing but grass and weeds and waiting for something to happen. You know, I know that the people of the city and in Nora are working hard to make things happen. I know that. And I appreciate that. It's just but, that but the community component wrong. is missing. The community component is 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 just not happening. So 
my next step after this event on Monday is that I'm going to try again, and I'm going to try harder to get Jeff Bear to sit down and talk. Yeah, I'm going to call it out on Monday. That's my first stop on Monday morning is I'm going to Jeff Bear yet again because I have gone before and demand that he sit down with the citizens in my community to talk about real resilience and recovery in my neighborhood. Now I just figured out how to get you to my opera tonight at the St. Maurice Theater uh, uh, Church at 605 um, St. Maurice <laughs> Avenue, because guess what? Jeff is going to be there. I see him all the time. I see him all the time. Him the I table. thought I had yeah, you. He'll come out and I do thought a media. I had you. He'll come out and for the media. Well, let's just say I'm always willing to give anybody a chance to rectify what has been wrong. I, I, that's that's what community And I do think he's trying, but I think that yeah. he, it would be profitable. It would be beneficial for him to talk to you about it. Let Back me catch, to the unimportant let, stuff, 1 o'clock, well, I know, the music stuff. Okay, okay. <laughs> hold on. I just want to catch Miss Lydia. Miss Lydia, what you got? Okay, uh, hi. Um, I would like to say <clears throat> I can identify with Roe Brown. I am familiar with him from uh, you know the, the TV back in the days, and also now with the sports. I hate you people who okay. call that back in the days. <laughs> that, okay. that makes me so mad. That makes me that now makes me feel like, like some like kind of senior senior citizen. Him about Betsy because in 1965 I had just finished high school, which means two weeks after we celebrated our 40-year reunion with Katrina. Mm-hmm. But getting back to Betsy. We had left because, as someone said, we had relatives that lived in the uptown area. And we left. My, You know, my parents and my brother and my sister, we all left and went uptown. When Rose said they were back home in October, November, we were back in January. Reason being, my father was able to get the SVA loan. He worked for the federal government. He was, a, a, you know, at the VA hospital. We qualified for nothing, whatever they were giving, Red Cross and all of this, because of the fact that he worked for the federal government. So what he did on his own, he retrieved. He had gotten a company to come out, a construction company to come out and gut the house. And we were able to get back home, just like Rose said, furniture and all, at least by January. But I'm saying all of that to say this. I lived in the 2500 block of Desalon between mm. Durgenwall mm-hmm. and Low. Yeah. We were family. We were family, and we are still family. The only family that have really come back on our, in our neighborhood is the Green family. But everyone else, Roger, I lost my mom four Green? five months ago. Uh, Three of the other families that was in my immediate block since Katrina, we've lost parents. But we were a family. When one family came home and you didn't have anything, you could go over to the Thomas house, the, the Chauvin house, or you could go, you know, to the Haney house, and you know you, you were home. But mm-hmm. now it's a different circumstance. You see, it, and as I said, most of our, our people down there, they didn't get out with the federal government. Most couple of my neighbors had boats, and they brought them to the port. 
yeah. to St. Claude. I don't know who the guys no, were arrested. I don't us. know. I don't, you know, like I said, I, we had left by grace of God that night before and had gone up. My grandmother lived in the Calio Project, and we went up there. No lights for two weeks. But we were we were safe. Yeah, those were those housing projects that they right. they, claimed they claimed were destroyed well, by well, Katrina. You know, that were where everybody but used to go housed, for a storm. They housed a good bit of people from the lower nine until we were able to get back home. Now, mind you, some of my neighbors went back because they didn't have any family. But the thing of it is, they did it. How, by the grace of God, they did it. And as I said, like with my dad, my dad worked. And uh, he had gotten someone to come in and was able to get our house. And we were able to stay with relatives until the house was finished. And, you know, we, we, we celebrated. You know, we had one of our friends had gotten married. We celebrated in the middle of Devilon Street, mm-hmm. you know, because they had gotten married. They came back. But after Katrina, I'm going to tell you personally, we did not go back because by then my mom was in her 80s, yeah. you know, and we knew what had happened 40 years prior to that. So, so as I said, the entire city, now I live out in New Orleans East, and we came back home, but it was a struggle to get back here. We had received money. We Money, money was taken away. Thank God my husband had just retired like that year before. We had to use all his retirement money. To, to redo, because as the other lady said, we have flood insurance, we have homeowners insurance, but it was a fight. And trust me, it's, it's you know, it's right now, and as Rose said, we had the perfect life in the lower nine. I, you know, I, I, all I know, we had fun. But now all of that is gone. We can't even, I can't even have a seven-year-old granddaughter. I can even bring her and say, this is the way your grandmother grew up. Because the only thing that's left at 2513 Desalon Street now is a porch. Because our house was found on Durzenwall in Tennessee. <laughs> that's where our house was. The other th- I had to call and call and call City Hall to knock the, get the house down because they had the nerve to send, to threaten that they were going to, we were, we had to pay taxes. Pay taxes on what? You know, it, it was really disgusting. You know, but I came back to the city because this is my home. I have all of my immediate family as well as my husband. They're still away. Because why? Their children are in good schools. They were able to get very good jobs. Why would they come back here? They all had homes, too. Young people. I'm talking people now in their early 40s. So yeah. you know what they were 10 years ago. Lydia, your story is uh, is an amazing story, and it's 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 like so many I've heard. I've got to move on on the okay, show because I've so got much. so and, many people uh, in here. But listen, hold on a minute because uh, Lee, um, our engineer, wants to talk to you for a minute, okay? okay. All, right. All right. Now, okay. Um, you were on one one o'clock on Saturday. Let me get that. No, and I was I just got saying to that, to the that, opera that, and the flag. Okay, that's where the music starts. Saturday at one o'clock with the greatest yeah. drummer in the world, Herlin Riley. Oh, Herlin Riley, who is from Numero the Lower Ninth Ward. Uno. Also from the Lower Ninth Ward, <laughs> two blocks he? from where. I, yeah. What do really? you mean? Is he? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I grew up with Herlin. Uh-huh. Really? Younger oh, well, than me. Okay, you just give me his phone number, please, so I can get him to the opera. Uh-huh. Okay, now, all right, got to move on, and we have to talk about 
<clears throat> two more things. So um, let me do let me do opera first because I know um, my girl here has got to get out of town and go get her costumes for the opera for for tonight. She was adding some embellishments to what she's doing. Monique Moss. Oh, I don't know how to tell you. She's another sister of a different order. Kim and I are sort of bombastic sisters. Monique and I have a spiritual undertow that we share about the world, and, and, uh, but she's much calmer than I am. And she's wonderful, and she is a choreographer supreme, very creative, and she's a part of the Ninth Ward Improv Opera happening 7 o'clock tonight at the St. Marie's Church at 605 St. Marie's Avenue. That's about halfway between um, uh, St. Claude and the River in the Lower Ninth Ward in Holy Cross. Monique, tell me about this opera and what it means to you because you made a commitment uh, to, to us to work with it and to be a part of it. And, and so uh, give, me, give us a little bit of a rundown of what it's about and, and why it was important for you to be a part of it. All right. Greetings, everyone, and uh, thank you, Jean, for having me on. Um, I'm pretty committed to creating um, interdisciplinary works, performance works that are basically about the historical uh, context and real life stories of people of New Orleans. Um, I have. And to you're s- from New Orleans. Oh yeah, born. Yeah, born. Everybody in our production is from New Orleans. So I'm the artistic director of a company called Third Eye Theater, which is an interdisciplinary and improvisational performance company, and we've been working for over a decade here in New Orleans and as the the choreographer uh, who creates works I'm really interested in how this particular art form is utilized to uh, be a uh, a, a therapeutic process so we have a creative process that is not just about creating works to present to entertain audiences but it's really about going through a journey utilizing real life stories uh, to create works that are um, interesting in a universal way. And so one of the, the pieces that I did right after Katrina was called Katrina Cranes with students that I had had with the Nord Nova Center for Dance prior to the, the, um, the hurricane. And so when I realized that the children were not being spoken about in those times right after, I felt compelled to create work that had to do with how they were uh, experiencing you know, the, tra- the, the trauma. And so I basically located some of my students that I had had, and I, I had taught at the Sanchez Center, the Copeland Bird Sanchez Center, uh, prior to Katrina, years before that. And so I had relationships with students and families and parents uh, that were coming to that center. And so it was really uh, deeply moving for me to have to um, get back with those students and get their stories and then go through a process of creating work. So I'm just giving you a, a kind of historical context about my connection to the Lower Ninth Ward. Um, we created a work that was based on uh, their images, their their feelings, what they had experienced, and ended up producing a really interesting work, Katrina Cranes. And so now, being a part of this work, the Ninth Ward Improv Opera, we pretty much went through a similar process of, of uh, reiteration, uh, you know, the, the psychological, emotional, mental processes that we go through. I mean, there's a section in the work called Psychoses and Neuroses because, you know, the mental stuff that, that was regenerated because of Katrina 
um, not only was about the immediate effects, what we were had to deal with immediately, but then it triggered other experiences prior to. And so, you know, there, there are all these multiple layers of experience that um, we use in the work to try to work through and, and, and heal. So um, the dancers are basically uh, are an abstraction in ways and in other ways a literal interpretation of some of the experiences. By no means are we uh, s stating that it's a... It, it has to be any one person's story. So we are approaching it from the personal, but attempting to to present it in a universal fashion. Um, and I think the way that, um, you know, we call this an improv opera because literally we are not working with a score. We're not working with a script. We're working with the, the incredible interpretive talents of the musicians, the singers, the spoken word artist, Chuck Perkins, who comes on after us, and um, and the dancers. And and the the way this worked, the very first time we did this performance in January, was just astounding how it just wove so smoothly. Everybody seemed to really understand how to tell the story. That's improvisation, Gene. And so that that way of moving through life is important to be able to be flexible, adaptable. Um, these are all uh, skills, basically, that we need in order to survive. And so in the dance world, in the arts, performing arts world, improvisation is a tool. You basically are responding to what happens in the moment. And I think there's an interesting parallel in terms of how uh, New Orleanians needed to be able to have improvisational skills because we were not prepared for what happened. We were not prepared uh, with the materials, the resources um, at that moment. And so, you know, thousands and thousands of people had to figure out in that moment how to move to the, make the next step. And so in the performance art world, I find improvisation to be an incredible tool. Um, we do it because it, it is, it, you, have, you need to practice it. You, you practice how to respond to what happens to you in the moment. And so in the dance world, um, it becomes a really, really interesting way of creating choreography. Mm. And uh, the other uh, improvisational aspect of the opera that is so important to us is that people who are in the audience are actually invited to speak up. This is why I want to talk to the two ladies who called in today, Alice and uh, Miss Lydia, because I want them to come to the opera and add their voices to the discussion because people from the audience talk up and the musicians actually converse with them underneath their voices. So, uh, I mean, it's continuous improvisation throughout the entire thing, ending despite the fact that we go through some very rough times within the opera because we talk about some of these impediments. We talk about, you know, we have a, a section where the, um, we have the, the quote bureaucrats, Opera Crayola, which is such a fabulous bunch of t uh, talented people are participating with us and they are going to represent the bureaucrats who made it so hard for us. And, and then, however, we end on an optimistic note because as Chuck Perkins so well says, you know, um, you know, Mr. Undertaker, put your tools away because we ain't dead yet. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're we're going on. We're going on. <coughs> so 
Um, I've also got Morgan Malthrop in, in the house, and I don't want to um, let too much time go by without bringing him in because um, this, this show tends to go faster than I want it to. Morgan, I have known since 1982. He was my first intern. I was his first whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> you were actually my second, Gene. Oh. <laughs> you you interned for somebody before me? You know, Perez Associates with you, with uh, Bob right, Tannen. Right, which is where I found you. That's right. Okay. Bob's the one who introduced us. Okay. Of course. But Morgan <laughs> is another one of these very improvisational creative souls. He, he's been uh, from coast to coast for many, many years, and he came back just in time for this recovery. What year did you come back? I came back during uh, 2008, 2009, which was PTSD time here in the city. I mean, it was yeah. really dead yeah. still then at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Jean hasn't told anyone this, but it's her birthday, so everyone give a shout-out to oh. her. Happy and birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jean. Happy birthday to you. You see what I'm talking about? There is talent in every every soul in the city of New Orleans has the most unbelievable talent. That was this there one of the most go. Beautiful little harmonies. Go on. I, you know, Ro, I want to thank you. I want to thank Kim for what she has to say, and I want to thank Monique and Jean. Uh, all, all of you guys give so much to the city, and, you know, my connection to the Lower Ninth Ward came relatively early because I couldn't find anything either um, from, you know, I have a background on Wall Street. I couldn't find a job in this economy, and part of what I did was giving tours, and one of the tours was the devastation tour of the Lower Ninth Ward, which was like putting people on display. So it was a rather uncomfortable situation for me. But how I really got to understand the Lower Ninth Ward was through Chandra McCormick and Keith Calhoun, who told me in our book, Artist Faces, which was the genesis of this flag program, and Gene's also in this book and Bob Tennant, who told me that they were determined to stay there in their house slash studio so that the children of that community would be able to come by and understand that wielding a paintbrush was more important than wielding a gun. And the, what they've done in that particular neighborhood is, is pretty incredible. And um, All we've done, quite frankly, is join hands with people like him and try to accomplish things that we haven't quite gotten done yet, but we haven't given up hope on that either. And that's what the opera is about, too. That's why we're doing the opera is because we got some unfinished fights that we're going to continue to work on. Go ahead. Flag. Let's no, get that flag yeah. in. You know, um, uh, on the uh, median, underneath the statue of, uh, of uh, Jeff Davis, on the Jefferson Davis Parkway between Canal and Iberville will be 26 poles with 52 flags on them. It will be a... And I take it none of them will be that bad flag. Um, maybe allusions to uh, to the badness of flags, but I won't be uh, tempted into anything beyond that. I will say that we worked with L9 Studios. Uh, they're going to uh, their kids that they're working with. They're bringing five flags into this, which is are, are amazing. They're up on uh, up on the internet now, and I'll tell you later about that. Ashe Cultural Arts Center, which is really strong right now, uh, gave us nine banners. Yaya. 
gave us four banners on this, and um, Educare New Orleans. And they're all, you know, you guys are talking about the lack of government. What's happened in some ways is these community outreach programs are really trying to, trying to step up into this kind of vacuum there. And these types of organizations, you have to look at them and say they're really going towards those at-risk kids and, and bringing art into these communities the best that they can right now. I think that the support of those groups is essential when we have government lapses right now. And so FLAG basically supports that. The money that we raise from this particular situation will go out again to these community groups so that it continues to make, uh, uh, bring art and engage young people, youth, from the very, we're, we're getting elementary all the way to tweens and teens on this. And wait till you see these banners. They're amazing. 52 of them, and we all did them in three weeks. Okay, so let's be clear. I just want everybody to understand, because we're covering a lot of territory here. Saturday morning... 10 o'clock, we're going to dedicate 10 o'clock, you're going to dedicate these 50... It's the largest installation piece in New Orleans that's a Katrina Remembrance. It's 52 flags on nine-foot poles, uh, and there are um, 26 of them, so there are two flags on each pole. So, they look like crosses. So they're on. So they're on the uh, uh, Jeff Davis Parkway and Canal Street because um, we found we went through the city and it was uh, you know mid uh, mid city was um, was also flooded during that particular area uh, era and Mangeris, um, um who's uh, Michael Mangeris, Michael Mangeris. who brought sculpture for New Orleans to the city. Uh, Those are all those sculptures that you see all over the city, folks, like down Poydras Street, some of them, mm. <clears throat> but others, great. <laughs> We're <laughs> not going to resist that. You know, we, we go all over the place here, don't we? But the, the truth of the matter is uh, it, uh, we were looking for a site, and the city said that this one was available. We went through City Hall and did the paperwork. Oh, now. I thought you were trying to sort of, you know, challenge the place of Jeff Davis there, his well, statue. You know, if you want to make that interpretation, it may, becomes extremely contextual, and um, I'm just going to put my tongue in my cheek right now. And the city and, and, and the city told Wait, you that this would be a good place. <laughs> and the city, Michael, told you that this would be a good place to do it. And let me tell you this: <laughs> that I stress, and we the went, city in this particular exactly. at this particular time, the city said, "Oh yeah." Let me tell you this: they were extremely gracious in this meeting, and I was nervous. Oh, sure, they were. I, I was excessively nervous because I thought, "Oh, they're going to really not like this idea of contextual art in oh. this particular location." And and the truth of the matter is what we're showing is that we can give um, um, uh, uh, give African-American artists the opportunity to relate to these statues in a way that gives them commissions and, 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 and provides this impetus for artists to show what they feel and their emotions, not only about Katrina, but about modern issues here in the city. Modern Orleans. racial issues. Yeah. Let's call it. But that's, Let's call it. It's but, but improvisational I wanna, dialogue. But, but I want to stress, the city slash the mayor thought that this would be a good spot to do this. Well, the mayor wasn't in on the meeting, so I just want to let you Trust know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's all I'm trying yeah, to say. It but didn't you know happen what? without him. I, I, I'll it. tell you, you know what? Yeah. They were great, and I couldn't believe it. So we're very proud of it. And wait till you see these beautiful banners that these kids have done. Wait. I mean, I they're wait. just amazing. Can't wait to see it. And, and and how long are the flags going to be up? So uh, if if somebody misses the dedication because they got to work or something, 
Tell me about um, how yeah. long they're going to be up Really there. quickly, and I want to tell uh, Kim and Roe this as well. In case you have a group of uh, students that are working with you in the arts, we're going to rotate these flags out with other outreach groups that want to do that. So we're going to have people sponsor other outreach groups and bring new banners in. So four times, so every quarter, actually that will be our first one, so three times we'll rotate them out. We are auctioning off some of, the men- some of these um, mentor artists from – our book artist spaces that uh, Tina Freeman did um, are. This, by the way, uh, y'all, is a beautiful book of artists in the city and and their digs where they work. work spaces, so yeah. if you, you you it's one thing to see their work in the in the museums and the galleries. It's another thing to see the artists in their homes and studios with their work to understand their contexts within which they make their work. And that's yes. what the book is all about. And, and I Tina's wrote a, the book, of course. And and Morgan wrote it. And and Tina is the photographer. And Tina's photography is absolutely gorgeous. I I you know I had this scheme at one time. I don't think I ever told you this, Morgan. I wanted to take Tina into all the projects and and photograph people's apartments because people do not understand how beautiful people had made their apartments in in, uh, the projects. Unfortunately... Caribbean. They had this bizarre notion that it was a good idea to tear them down. It's a national policy that had to do with, quote, you know, dispersing poverty, and what that's what they did. It, it was supposed to decline it, but all they did was disperse it to other parts of the city, including New Orleans East, which is um, reflecting, you know, again, a reconcentration. But those projects should never have come down. And um, I wanted to take those pictures because I'd been in and out of apartments all over New York. I worked for the Housing Authority in New York at one time, and there was some beautiful Gene, places. there's no more colorful city in the world than New Orleans. I've been everywhere, and, and it's because Oliver. we're an Afrocentric Uh-oh. city, I think, in so many I'm ways. Getting called. I'm getting called by Oliver. Uh-oh, I'm getting called by Oliver. What did I say? No, I listen to the show. I'm a fan. I just wanted to use this <laughs> opportunity, you know, in, in the midst of all the Katrina stuff, for thanking you for uh, being a cultural ambassador and, and ra- raising the struggles of the the cultural community and the artisans and the entertainers and the, and the artists. And, Including uh, you, Oliver Thomas, the actor. Oh, see. Well, well, <laughs> you know, it's really not, it's not about me, but it was the fact that in a, in a very public forum for you to stand up and, and, and implore the world to make sure that they consider uh, the, uh, all the people who are part of that group is yeah. that I just wanted to... to know, I'm so surprised. That. A lot of people have commented on, on me... Um, uh, um, and that uh, it was such an obvious thing to do, and, and I just had to make sure that people understood that as creative as cities we are, and I got a call from a reporter the other day that wanted to know why all the creatives were coming to New Orleans. Well, I told her they're coming to New Orleans because they think we're a really creative city. It's Pandora that needs to be turned off. Um, uh, with all the people who have come to the city who are creative, the problem here is that they're not being supported. Our economy is not deep enough. We don't have enough people to spend the money on the tickets, and we're not getting the public support. And I was damned if I was going to let that whole damn conference go by and not make sure that people understand this. 50 out of 100 cities in America have money from 10 to $80 million to spend on the arts. We have less than a million and that does not go very far. And so all of these efforts that we're doing that you're hearing about right now, we're all doing these on nothing, huh. on nothing. Do you think that's because so, of Baton Rouge? <laughs> it is primarily, I think, a, a legislators in the state who don't really understand 
um, uh, the value and the importance of, of, the, of the arts to the, not just to our daily lives and our experiences, mm-hmm. but to our economic development. And um, uh, Oliver, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you like that, but oh my God, you opened the floodgates no, I'm there. I'm saying kudos because uh, you know people all over the world who are watching that the, 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 those uh, those forums uh, had commented and they contacted me and that you know just to have a chance to talk about the importance of it. It meant a lot, so I just wanted to thank you for that. Hey, Oliver, before you get off the phone, let me yeah. let me tell you how you can really thank me. I mm-hmm. need you to come to the Ninth Ward Improv Opera tonight mm-hmm. at seven o'clock at the Saint Maurice Church on Saint Maurice Avenue. And the lower Ninth Ward is only about two blocks above the barracks, just a couple well, I blocks. Where I, I grew up down there. You know where it is. Well, can you come? Yeah. Can you come? I'm, I'm try. You know, I have all these Katrina speaking engagements uh, <laughs> and you, that I have yeah, with the ALP. What time does Friday. it start? 7 to 8.30. Listen, let me tell you something. There's too many big deal, big fancy pants, big corporate events, big nonprofit USA, you know, grab the attention stuff. And all us little people out here doing our thing are not getting the audience. They're all being hogged a little bit up on the upper levels there, which I appreciate. I'm sure it's just a wonderful thing that mm-hmm. the presidents are coming here. Yay. But, um, yeah, no, you, you need to pass by at least part of the time and come to, to our opera well, at well, 7 I'm o'clock tonight. I'm going to do my best he, to come through there for 7 o'clock. So yes. No, I, no. I'm, put, I'm putting it on my calendar. 7 o'clock tonight. And then if, if, if you don't come tonight, then you better come to the Sanchez Center tomorrow night when we do it over there uh, at 7 o'clock. Well, I'm going to try to make it tonight because I'm doing the Beecher Memorial uh, Friday night in the AALP. So I, there's, a, there's a lot of All right. I know. There's and, a lot you know, going so, on. I understand I will, you. I will, I will t- give Bob a hug for me and thank you for being here. I will. And thank you for so the shout out. I really appreciate it. Thanks, I love it for you. Now, listen, we have closing comments, guys, because they're going to kick me out of this studio in about a minute. So Kim and Ro... Resilience Festival um, starts Friday. Starts Friday, five thirty at the Sanchez Center. Be that's there, Saturday. be square. That's Saturday. That's Fr- Saturday also at Saturday starts at one p.m. There you go. On okay. Saturday at Caffin in North Claiborne. Monique on the opera. Okay, as Jean said, you know we are tonight at seven p.m. at St. Maurice uh, Church building. Uh, all my peeps, New Orleans, come on out, performing artists. It's Monique. Uh, I hope to see you there. And, and if you come and you're from the Ninth Ward, then I'm going to ask you to speak up. Yeah, at 10 o'clock until 1130, it's an opportunity to see over on, on, Saturday, on morning. Saturday morning at 10. So you can do all of these events without overlapping here. I'm just letting you know that all of these over 100 artists are going to be there, and I'm including youth artists that worked on these banners that are going to be standing by their banners talking about their work, these kids and their parents. It's going to be a beautiful thing, of absolutely stunning installation. Saturday morning at 10 o'clock on Jeff Davis Parkway and Canal. Yes, right under the statue of Jefferson Davis. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with Jefferson Davis, though. Yeah. And Monique. happy birthday, Jean. Aww. Yay. Thank you. All right, y'all. We'll talk with you next week when all this is over. Bye. <laughs>